with Stone's Throw. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up. In darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. And this is. Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Ah, starting today, Mike Lee's film Mr. Turner is available on the TV. I watched it this morning and there's a few gross bits. You know how Mike Lee is. Realism. Timothy Spall plays the great English artist painter. Mr. Turner covers the last 25 years of his life. Turner was born in 18th century, about 1775 or so. That makes him the same same birthday here as Charlotte Bronte's dad. I like that. I like to know what's happening at the same time. Anyway, uh, he painted mostly landscapes, and the seascapes are the ones that knock me out. Uh this movie is very painterly, and they keep showing him walking along the sea and so forth. Uh, as I said, there are a few moments that I wish I hadn't seen. Uh, I suppose uh, when ugly people have sex, it's probably beautiful to them. But never mind, I won't go on about that. Anyway, um, uh, you remember Mike Lee's earlier film, Topsy Turvy? It's about Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, Timothy Spall was in that one, too. He uh, played the Lord High Executioner in the Mikado. Right. I think that was his rarest picture to date. He was also in Desert Flower, a movie about uh, female genital mutilation. Absolutely fascinating. Somali supermodel was in that one. Uh, never mind. Uh, just That's just a heads up. It's the sort of thing that I wouldn't want you to miss because I'm going to be gone uh, for the next two Tuesdays. And lately, uh, I think I, I think I've just got to leave town or go to another sphere. I can't stand listening to the news anymore. Deja vu. All this stuff about Baltimore. James Baldwin's essay, The Fire Next Time. Is a kind of uh, letter to his young black male nephew back in the 1960s. And I dug around last night. Somebody's borrowed it. Anyway, James Baldwin knew that the pain wasn't going to go away. Not then, not now. Uh, he wondered what was going to happen in the future, but uh, whether it's guilt or shame or rage or despair... It is the legacy of chattel slavery 
And nobody, absolutely nobody I've heard is willing to talk about this. They don't talk about history, not really. I hear all these voices saying same old cliches. Uh, Malcolm X actually did say the chickens would come home to roost. But that doesn't really nail it, does it? The past isn't dead, though. Hell, it isn't even past. These pundits and politicians, uh, they're not about to say it. I looked at uh, an old poem by W.H. Auden, the one about <laughs> the citizens and the police, yes. Now, this uh, was not the 60s. This was all the way back in 1939 when Hitler marched into Poland, I think. Uh, W.H. Auden says, this is what he says. Uh, <laughs> All I have is a voice, a voice to undo the folded lie, the romantic lie in the brain of the sensual man in the street, the lie of authority. There is no such thing as the state no one exists alone. Hunger allows no choice to the citizen or the police. We must love one another or die. Uh, just a few more lines. This is one of my favorites. I, I usually, I, I put this whole poem up on the wall. Uh, uh, this, let's see, this is a... Uh, Broadside designed by Bob Baldock, and he he offered it to us, yes, in the darkening times. Uh, anyway, W.H. Jordan says that we have created a psychopathic god. I and the public know what all school children learn. Those to whom evil is done do evil in return. The Enlightenment, Enlightenment driven away, habit-forming pain, mismanagement, and grief. We must suffer them all again. <laughs> and again, and again, and again. Uh, maybe, yes, I think I'll just take take a minute to read one more verse. This, this uh, poem was so famous when I was a schoolgirl, when I was in college. Uh, it was along with T.S. Eliot and the Wasteland and all that hand-wringing we did then. Uh, we didn't know it was going to get so much worse and that we would have no choice but to be optimistic. Uh, uh, he writes, faces along the bar cling to their average day. The lights must never go out. The music must always play. All the conventions conspire to make this fort assume the furniture of home. Lest we should see where we are, lost in a haunted wood. Children afraid of the night, who have never been happy or good. Later, he goes on to talk about our inability or, yes, our inability to love one another and to realize that we're all in the same boat. Uh, 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 he says, yes, what's true of the normal heart 
Bread in the bone, the error of each woman and each man is it craves what it cannot have. Not universal love, but to be loved alone. Yes, I'm so selfish. I am so selfish. Uh, I worry so much more about me than I do about them and uh uh, it's hard to admit it. Maybe it would help if we started saying the truth, but uh, <laughs> don't count on it. Today is May the 5th, folks. We're in a fundraising period. We need your help. We need some money. My premium today, my gift to you, if you will subscribe to this station, is a book of my own. It's a memoir. We've also got a CD to go with it. Uh uh, audio book. I think it's time for me to do audio books. So I made one for Telegraph Avenue. Then I can send you both the print, the book between two covers and a CD. I do try to find a few universal truths. Uh, in this one, it is, of course, a very particular, personal, specific uh, story. That's what usually uh, creates the, what is it, the illusion of the universal. It's so hard uh, for people to grasp that, you know, uh, if you go deep, deep, deep enough inside into your own psyche, you will hit the uh, the universal. You will find the, uh, what is it, uh, that, I guess I'd call it <laughs> the ache. There's a word for it in German. I think it's called world pain, and I've forgotten the uh, word. Anyway, uh, it's kind of pompous to try to speak for humanity. I certainly don't try to speak for women, but most women have an inkling of what that's all about. <laughs> I noticed today, oh, Awful, folks, awful. There's a woman, what's her name? Carly something. Anyway, she's a Republican. Uh, she popped up on the TV, and we've got a cat. She's going to uh, pillory Hillary. That's what she's going to do. Uh, she immediately started making, uh, I, I don't know what to call them. I guess I can call them bitchy, bitchy remarks about uh, Hillary when she was Secretary of State. I, I was sure we'd have that to look forward to for the next year. Uh, you know how the guys just love to see women go at each other. Yes, cut their little throats. Anyway, uh, I think, uh, I think that, uh, well, it's not group think, folks. It's not group think. It's, uh, kind of a collective consciousness that's bothering me and uh i know i know that pain and longing and all those generic emotions are the same for each one of us uh at the same time we can see them out in the air it's kind of like a miasma we call that like a fog miasma actually means mother's curse i think uh Oh, dear, I'm floating out into space. Uh, there is no remedy. We know that. No remedy for human suffering. Uh, 
Of course, no one exists alone, and it does help if you reach out and take someone's hand. Um, the women, the new woman's broken heart is everywhere you look, but, uh, of course, we will get over it. We will be strong. Uh, human suffering is, what is that, a given. Uh, we must take joy, yes, joy, <laughs> in the sufferings, the sorrows of the world. And our only choice is whether or not we're going to share our loves and our hates and our feelings. Uh, you know, the uh, the Brit way, the uh, English way is to keep a stiff upper lip and uh, be strong. Be a man. Man up. Uh, never mind. Today I brought with me those audio tapes and the book. And uh, I hope I have time enough to read, oh, at least one passage to persuade you to subscribe to KPFA. Uh, we've also got all these yummy premiums I myself am crazy about. Uh, tote bags. Tote bags. I have one from, let's see, Mother Jones and from the nation. Yep, tote bags are the thing. You can get a tote bag if you subscribe to KPFA for $100. And you can get a KPFA water bottle if you subscribe for $75. And you can get a t-shirt. That's what I got to get. I'm going to get t-shirts for everyone I know. $65. Now, that's kind of reasonable. That looks to me to be something that a lot of people can afford. A $65 uh, pledge will get you a t-shirt. Uh, before I forget, yes, KPFA's website has a list of my own books which are available. You might try writing me at KPFA. Sometimes I get a note. Actually, I've had some emails at the station. Just send me your phone number and I'll get back to you. I am still without the Internet, I confess. I'm too poor to buy a computer. Actually, I like the peace and quiet, not all that uh, distraction of social media. Anyway, as soon as I get my snail mail answered, I might do something about that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I wonder, I have a brilliant review of Game of Thrones, and I have, oh gosh, I have a dozen reviews here, folks. Oh, too bad, I don't really have time. Uh, my favorite new show is The Vikings. Check it out. Uh, and then I have a whole bunch of notes here on these British actors. We've got a parcel of Rada actors, Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. <laughs> They're all over the place. I just love it. They uh, they show up in all the different series. There's one guy. He's wonderful. He shows up in The Borgias and Pillars of the Earth. And uh, what else was he in? He was in another one. Um, I think the one about Celtic paganism. I've forgotten. Anyway, he always plays the mean, the mean guy, the uh, the ugly brother. Uh, oh, I know what it was. He played the Duke of Clarence in The White Queen. You know, that's the dude 
who was drowned in a barrel of wine. It's the queen's favorite wine, you know. He asks uh, for that form of death. That's so enlightened. I wish we could do that in our world, you know. Uh, request your manner of death, uh, you know, firing squad, whatever. Um, drowning in a barrel of wine doesn't sound too bad. Uh, anyway, I'm going to ask my friend Laura, our program director, she's here, if I have time to read a snip, a snatch of this book that we're using to promote KPFA and... Uh, I think you have a little time, but first we, we probably should give out the number so people Thanks, can dear. call. That's one Thanks. thing we haven't done. Um, so you can get Jennifer's book and audio book today for donating to KPFA. The number to call is 1-800-439-5732. You can also go online to kpfa.org. Uh, where you cannot get Jennifer's book. It's a, we have it as a $50 donation to KPFA. The audiobook is a $75 donation and together for $100. And also then, you know, there's also the, what do we call it? KPFA swag that you can get. That's all with our new logo. Uh, it's a black t-shirt with 94.1 KPFA, the 94.1 parts in red and the KPFAs in white. It's really quite nice, right? <laughs> That's cool. And, and, and That's also, cool. even at, at any level of donation, you can get one of our new bumper stickers sent to you because we really would like to have the Bay Area flooded with the new KPFA logo and bumper sticker. It really jumps out at you. Yeah, advertising. That's everything. Listen, folks. Well, it's a form of communication. Uh, I'm sorry. I, that's an a awful word. When I was young, they all said to me, uh, go into advertising that way. <laughs> You'll die rich. <laughs> I'm afraid I missed out on that. But yeah, well, you kind of have to sell your soul so. in the process. Of course. Um, yeah. But then oh, there's mine's, mine's for sale. Just, you know, give me an estimate any old time. <laughs> I, I've used it for 81 years. I don't need it anymore. Anyway, let's see. Uh, let me try to read you something. This book is called Telegraph Avenue then, and people keep saying, what was it like in the 60s and 70s in Berkeley? And I said, that depends on who you were and where you sat. I was a single mother. I was an English teacher, you know. I was in the demonstrations and stuff, but I was not really on the barricades. I got tear gassed, but I didn't go to jail because I didn't have a babysitter. Anyway. You were also a theater person, too. Oh, right. Plays. 1975. I did a play at the Berkeley Stage Company called Three Hands Clapping. And I had been studying psychoanalysis, so I took a psyche, probably my own, and split it three ways. I called them the actress, the poet, and the woman. And I had them fight it out. One night one would win, and the next time another would win. I wanted the poet to win, but I'm afraid that's not what happened. Anyway, let's look here at Telegraph Avenue then. Uh, this section here, I have just been on a, a long walk with a gentleman, gentleman caller, and... Uh, uh, it didn't work out, so uh, at the end of the evening, I've wandered off to cruise the bars. 
I did a lot, a lot of that in the old days. Shame on me. This is 1973. Uh, here we are. I am at the, uh, let's see, the Blind Lemon. The Blind Lemon. Uh, by 10 o'clock, I'm in a smoke-filled back room at the Blind Lemon. An old beard, a candle maker, is holding forth on the subject of the male spark, the fire which ignites the clay or the earth matter personified by woman. He says the life force is in sperm. It's this uh, life spark into semen which sets matter moving and gets the old earth off her ass, so to speak. I ask him if this is the medieval theory of the homunculus or little man said to travel through the mother's body as if he were in an oven, emerging as if he were a clone without taking any DNA from the female. Uh, the old beard says, what the hell? He will buy me a beer anyway. You probably think I'm a male chauvinist pig, he opines. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I drink the beer. The jukebox plays Joan Baez. She sings, love is just a four-letter word. A joint passes around the table. Another beard leans toward me saying, well, actually, the women's movement is very significant, very significant. Did not Marx say that a social progress can be measured by the position of the female sex? First bird makes obscene remarks. Oh, but suppose, suppose I'm Mrs. Marx, Ms. Marx. Suppose I say I don't want social position, I want to be an artist. They tell me to be serious. Truth is, I answer, you men pay too high a price for your masculinity. As for me, I tell them, I just want you to know that I did not attend the Hooker's Masquerade Ball in San Francisco last Halloween. I did not win the prize for the costume in worse taste. And furthermore, for your information, I was not even invited. And it didn't destroy my confidence in myself as a woman. The men grimace. Assuming I'm too drunk to talk sense. They ignore me. The women move in. Ah, Sherston suggests I see a psychiatrist. Maria tells me to give way to joy. Monica suggests that I be successful artistically, that I be somebody, she says. That'll show them. Karen sighs and says, stay home and play the gramophone, cherish the hearth, worship the Buddha in all its forms. <coughs> Ouch, I am half Irish, the worst half. 
Booze tends to make me rave. This is not a goddamn play, I yell at them. I'm not a goddamn actor. This is my life here now. Oh, maybe I deserve to be a slave. Men put me on for years, and I bought it. I used to fight, fight for male approval, that pearl beyond price. But man, man is not an oyster. Man is very irritating, but man is not an oyster. No one is listening to me. I pour another beer. One time I joined the Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell. That's which. I called up my primary attachment, old number one, and I told him I was through. He laughed. He told me to come over and help him clean up his swanky apartment. Every morning, a man dressed like a mortician hoses off the cement in front of his apartment building. Yes, I, on the other hand, go out every morning with a broom and sweep broken glass off my front steps. No place that is safe will rent to anyone with children. Old number one tells me again, how much he needs me to help him fix things up. I don't do windows, I yell, and I'm not going to be your, oops, N-word no more. Uh, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to go be someone else's N-word. He laughed and approved of my sense of humor. Footnote here, I should have mentioned before earlier in the... Uh, uh, this section of the book, uh, we learn that uh, old number one, my primary attachment, uh, is a person of color. Uh, anyway, I'm wondering, um, there's a whole bunch more here about about this bar and that kind of thing, but we're out of time. And uh, I don't know, I think all this stuff about being a poet in Berkeley will have to wait. We have to ask you for money now. I, I've only got a minute or two, and I got the feeling that I, <laughs> that, that I, uh, uh, I didn't. I burnt out. What's the word? Uh, what's the word for that? When you, when you, um, you zero out, Laura. When you, uh, I'm not you, sure. You, when you, you take, yeah, you, t- you take a dive. Anyway, people, if there's anybody <laughs> out there who has any pity, even just a shred of pity for my humiliation because trying to be literary just doesn't get you subscriptions. You need to do political hard stuff. Well, like. that's not always true. A lot of people want to support all the different kinds of things that we want that we do here on KPFA. One of them being being Jennifer Stone and, and your amazing uh, monologues that happen every every Tuesday at three. Thank you, um, my dear. And uh, we should mention that the the Telegraph Avenue then audiobook is read by Jennifer Stone, produced here at KPFA. Oh. So if you love her voice, as I do, um, it's a great thing to get as a a very unique thank you gift that you can get here at KPFA today. It's one eight hundred. Four three nine five seven three two. That's how you support KPFA today. Also at kpfa.org. Um, and uh, this is uh, 
Stone's Throw with Jennifer Stone, and we are offering her book, Telegraph Avenue Then, that she was just reading from. Both. That gives both. you mm-hmm. the both book. Both and tape. So a, a hard cut, or a, a paperback book and an audio book. Uh, the paperback book is for a $50 donation, and the audio book is for a $75 donation. And that's, um, yeah, put them we both do only together. have a few minutes, so yeah. we should have... Put them both together, and it's $100. Right, that's a $100 donation, by, and you can um, call right now, 1-800-439-5732. Also, we're always there at kpfa.org. We're also talking about, we have t-shirts, we have water bottles, we have tote bags. We have bumper stickers. If we you, have stuff. If you can't call, if you can't get through to an operator in the phone room now, you can call anytime between now and the end of marathon, which is weeks from now. If you have a only eighteen have, days. Yes, a we're, change. We're keeping of, it as short as possible. Yeah. If it occurs to you that you want to save save my face from utter humiliation here, I, I was going to bring out my purse that's what i usually do and shake the coins you know because of it being being money we've only got a minute to go dear i guess we should uh let's give out the number one one more more time time. yeah 1-800-439-5732 that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA Give us a call. Uh, I keep saying to myself, yes, he didn't call. He didn't call. You remember? <laughs> That's another monologue I love. It's a Dorothy Parker monologue about the, the man who doesn't call. Now I've been reduced to asking people to call and give me money. It's, uh, what is it? What was we used to call that? Uh, yes, I was going to say the W word, but I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. Please call. Yes, 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Please support KPFA.